Hello, welcome to the Tuesday, December 5th, 2017 edition of the Sandstorm and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. If you're working in a SOC, then you probably have heard of the term of orchestration. It usually refers to writing scripts and somewhat automating how you respond to certain events. Now, Tom today wrote a blog about uh, just such a tool, the Hive project. Actually, the Cortex part of it is what I sort of uh, would classify somewhat as orchestration here. But what this all comes down to is to essentially have a better ticketing system for your SOC. The Hive can receive events from your SIM, email, or other sources. Also integrates with MISP to track your indicators of compromise and the like. But then with Cortex, you can, for example, take a file and then run it through different analyzers. And and it does support a quite nice and diverse set of pre-written analyzers. Certainly enough to get started and give the project a try to see if it will simplify your work and let us know if you like tools like this or if you found any particular tricks or so to apply these tools to your work. Now, talking about open source tools, I just came across thanks to a Reddit post to an extension for one of my favorite open source tools, and that's Scapy. Scapy allows you to create pretty much arbitrary network packets. Now, the extension I just found appears to be actually around for a while, but uh, never really seen it before. It does allow you to extend Scapy's capability to SSL and TLS. I remember a couple times looking for just such an extension and nice to see that it's now available. And Apple today released tvOS 11.2 after releasing iOS 11.2 over the weekend. Now, I mentioned yesterday that there has so far been no security details available about iOS 11.2. That's still the case as I record this. Also, no security details about tvOS 11.2. And this year, we had a number of different reports about vulnerabilities and problems with the Intel management engine or ME. Well, it looks like a number of vendors are now shipping, in particular laptops with Intel ME disabled by the vendor. Dell and System76 both made announcements that they at least provide an option to ship laptops with Intel management engine disabled. Now, while it's possible for users to disable the management engine, it's uh, really taking advantage of an undocumented feature here. So it's probably safer to have the vendor do that. In particular, for sort of your regular home user, there is a little use for Intel ME. It's really more meant to be sort of an enterprise feature to make it easy to manage uh, large fleets of systems. And for some critical tasks, a manual review of records is certainly a good idea. That's what employees at a county jail in Washington State learned. 
Conrad's Voigts, who just pled guilty to charges of a computer intrusion, apparently managed to use a phishing attack to gain access to the county's record systems. With that, he then modified the data for a friend of his who then would have been released early from jail if it wouldn't be for employees manually verifying the records. And if you are a heavy SSH user like I am, then you're probably also looking always for better ways to protect your secret keys. If you have one of the new and fancy MacBook Pros with Touch ID, there is now an interesting piece of free and open source software that allows you to store the secret keys in the secure enclave. This is a special area of the Mac that's set aside for things like key storage, the secure key will actually not be removable from this part of the system. It's created there and then the only thing you actually do is you send data to it and have operations performed on it using the key so you never actually pull the key out of it. This is all controlled with Touch ID so essentially what this comes down to is that if you're now trying to SSH to a remote system then you use your fingerprint to log in. Sounds pretty interesting thing now the one limitation at this point is that it's limited to 256 bit elliptic curve private keys that's not a bad key type to use but not supported necessarily by older SSH versions also, while the software is available as source code, in order to install it, you need to install a binary blob that's properly signed. Otherwise, it couldn't interact with the necessary keychain API. Well, and that's it for today. If you have visited the website in the last couple of days, you may have noticed that we added a note at the top that we will be disabling TLS 1, so TLS 1.0 in the near future, probably sometime next week. Haven't really figured out exactly a deadline yet. Trying to first make sure that we're not breaking any critical applications. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.